Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Edging Podcast, our season on small soldiers. This, our third episode, where we are tackling minutes 30 to 45. I am Drew. I am Sam. And I'm Adam, baby. Before we get into it, I really want to thank this week's sponsor, uh, the gig economy app Doomsayers, where they pay you to take a shift standing on a street corner yelling apocalyptic prophecies at passersby. Thank you so much, Doomsayers. That's a good one. So, uh, we have, speaking of, uh, apocalyptic prophecies, uh, I, I'm not sure how we can dance around the big revelation of this 15-minute chunk, but, oh golly, we're just gonna have to keep up with the breadcrumbs until we get there. Oh, boy. <laughs> we're gonna take it bit yeah. by bit, but there's, uh, I feel like there's a very clear moment that we all are itching and chomping at the bits to talk about here. Oh, yeah. But, uh, first we get terrible news of the untimely death of our brother, the Gorgonite Troglodon. Troglacon, <sighs> sorry. Troglacon. I just can't believe that they'd introduce Troglacon, make us think that he's so important to the plot, and then kill him off so quickly. This is this was really unexpected. Well, they only introduced him to the plot so we'd know his name, so we, they could feign uh, some sort of feeling out of us when we find out he's untimely vaporized. You know, Adam, you try to rationalize this, but I know you're just trying to fill the hole in your heart, the troglacon-shaped hole in your heart. I'm trying to heal. Can we go around and, in his memory, say our favorite moments that we shared with Troglacon while he was alive? I remember when Troglacon gave me a card with $40 at my bar mitzvah. That was really nice. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, he didn't. That was really nice of him. He's a good guy. The thing is, one time I was at I was at the lowest point in my life, man. And then Troglacon, he, he comes by in his lifted truck. He says, "Hey, man, get in here. I'm, I'm gonna teach you, take you with me. I'm gonna teach you how to how to get bitches the way I do." Gave me a cigarette, <laughs> and you know, we just we we just patrolled the night through. It was it meant a lot to me. I was 12 years old. He gave me my first beer, man. <laughs> it was like the first beer turned into eight. I was 12 years old, and we started talking just about life and love, and then he started saying a bunch of anti-gay shit, which made me uncomfortable. You know, it's good to remember that not every person is stainless, even someone who meant so much to us as Troglacon, you know, he was, he was a complicated man. It is kind of suspicious that they were calling for him to be canceled, and mysteriously he ends up dead. Are the Commando Elite the woke mob? <laughs> Commando Elite is Antifa. <laughs> I really hate that Alan has to make a homemade closed sign. Does this store not have a closed sign? That's a good point. Why? Why exactly? The stores need to have two things. Shelves and closed signs. Yeah, especially considering it's a family business run by, you know, just the father. Are they open 24-7? Question mark? Does daddy ever sleep? <laughs> This is the first time this store has ever been closed, son. Even during the Dust Bowl, my great-grandpappy <laughs> toy Barnesable, he was running this store all the way through. His name's Toy Barnesable? Al's Toy Barnesable, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was looking around the destroyed store this time, I gotta say, I started noticing more actual individual toys. And being able to identify things that are for sale in the shop. And it's mostly dolls, you guys. It's mostly just dolls. I think the store's a front. 
For what, Adam? I, I don't know what for, but... I mean, this just looks like shit that someone stole out of some poor old lady's house. They're probably running guns or drugs in the back. That's why Stu doesn't want any war toys. He doesn't want to put any ideas in, like, the inspector's mind. Like, guns? Why would we have anything like that here? Yeah, because the cops come into a place with uh, army men and shit like that, and they're thinking, why am I thinking of guns? Maybe I should check for guns. You know, Alan Shut Up is really not very bright as as he leads with a very Kirsten Dunst comes in completely disregarding the clothes sign. She asks, What happened here? The store completely being thrown apart by the commando elite as they murdered our brother Troglacon, rest in power. <laughs> uh, and Alan had the perfect out when he said a burglar did this, but then he immediately abandons it. To Christy? Yeah. Christy? Yeah. I don't believe he says that the toys destroyed the place. I said that he I I said that he said a burglar did it. How did he? In what way did he abandon it? In? Because uh, she's like a burglar did this, and then he just starts like waffling and like looking away from her as if he's hiding shit. All he had to do oh, was I, double I down saying. and say, "Yeah, you know, the I found the, the lock was picked, and yeah, the uh, the toys are gone, and uh, he smashed everything." He should have said the toys did it. I think she would have bought it. Toys destroyed my dad's sore, Christy. <laughs> oh, not fucking that. <laughs> uh, she does immediately assume that this is an insurance scam from his waffling. Yes. <laughs> well, not only does she assume it from his waffling, but this guy has history. Yes. Oh. He's kicked out of ten, actually two schools. Yeah. The word on the street is ten schools, but it turns out it's only two. He's not that bad. Yeah. Well, so, so. well, <laughs> that was a little premature. She, she, she gives us, he gives us a few warm ups. You know, he like he destroyed a, a toilet or something, and what yeah. else did he do? Graffiti, guys? graffiti. Yeah, you know, some pretty dopey things, but but nothing too bad. And then Sam, what 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 does what that warm us up for? Uh, it turns out he also uh, maybe called in a bomb threat on Parents' Day. <laughs> what a little scamp. <laughs> Screw up, am I right? He actually did that shit. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, they did kind of have this little back and forth where, you know, she would say something accusatory and he would say, yep, that's me. Is it possible that he's like that he made that up? I didn't I don't get that so. at all. I that's the thing I didn't either. There's no sense of that, but it I very much doubt they would have had a main character in a movie that was kind of sort of aiming for a child audience that called in a bomb threat at their school. I think they definitely did and I'm here for it. <laughs> I I truly believe in my heart of hearts that that was supposed to be like a joke. That they didn't properly explain. Is Drew, it just our age? Our sensitivity to these sorts of things in, in the 90s were bomb threats, you know, just silly haha chuckle fuck jokes? We get some great dialogue here uh, between Kristen Dunst and, uh, and Alan as they get to know each other a bit more. And <laughs> we find out that uh, Kristen Dunst quite likes Led Zeppelin, to which uh, Alan replies a, a great line. Uh, you know, you're not like the other girls. <laughs> well, that's supposed to mean. 
lit, as I was watching this, he lit, shoot, they were talking about Led Zeppelin. I literally rolled my eyes and mumbled, you're not like other girls. And then immediately he said, like, you're not like other girls. <laughs> you know, strangely it's, enough, I feel like most people that I've met in life that like Led Zeppelin are girls. Yeah, because you have to have really shitty taste to actually enjoy Led Zeppelin. Oh, they're okay. <laughs> they're bad people, but the music's decent. I was going to roll past the fact that Drew insulted Led Zeppelin and women in one sentence. Nope, misogyny and gatekeeping in the same joke. <laughs> if you hit gaslighting, then we got bingo. We're really skipping over the fact that this kid fucking threw, <laughs> called in a bomb threat to his school. This, yes. Yeah, what's up with that? You know how in the first season we, we say that, you know, we got really dark and edgy because it was the movie drawing that out? This is like on par with all of that shit. The movie defaults to the places that we took Dunstan checks in. This is so fucking bizarre. What is wrong with this fucking kid? <laughs> you can't look at this character the same way after you know this. Question reality, Drew. <laughs> when I saw that, I knew instantly he was an edgy little shit, and this only confirms it further. He's not just an edgy little shit. I was an edgy little shit. This kid is a literal fucking sociopath. <laughs> he called in a bomb threat to his school and cursed a dead dunce said, That's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> she was really hoping he burned down ten different schools. Maybe this is why they don't have any war toys in there. His dad just... <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't encourage him any further. We'll surround my boy with clown dolls. <laughs> Punch and Judy is the most violent we get But Stuart, speaking of him uh, Barges in and interrupt this little bit of exposition And character development And uh, he's just checking in You know, he's just checking in You got it when your kid calls a bomb threat into school <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> You know, you could really keep an eye on him By sending him to a juvenile detention facility <laughs> Give him up for adoption That kid's broken, get a new one <laughs> I really like how Stuart instantly found the one thing in the entire store that was still broken after they had gone through and repaired things. He just walks straight over to the ship and the math snaps in half. How did he know? With the, with the force with the force that he was using to, to adjust the mass, it looked like he might have broke it for real. Mm-hmm. That's when Drew's gaslighting would have come in handy. Mm. Local man breaks mast, immediately says, Why did you break this? <laughs> Stu called in the bomb threat and just gaslit his son. <laughs> you did it! <laughs> he wanted all the kids out for school for the day so they could buy toys. That's what's going on. <laughs> it's you a guys, great marketing I... <laughs> You guys, I got an idea for a fresh new segment here. Ooh, what you got? I want to play a little game called Is It Funny? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it's back, baby. Uh... I, I really like the line, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on it. When uh, Stuart goes through and uh, <laughs> he finds the broken mast, Alan says, Oh, I was just dusting, and it fell over. To which Stuart replies, Dusting with what? A croquet mallet? <laughs> Boo. Is it? Uh, oh. I, don't, I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know. I'm sorry, Sam. That's like a zero for me. I cannot sympathize with you on this one. Oh, no. Here, here, I, I, here, here's what we're gonna do. I, I can take it or leave it. So you guys are gonna go one after the other, try and convince me. I'm the swing vote. Convince me whether it is or isn't funny. 
I think croquet mallet's a good poll. Uh, that's my entire argument. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. Drew. Okay, let's think about this logically. Okay. <laughs> when dusting an object, you usually use a feather duster, a cloth with some pledge on it. You do not use a croquet mallet. That is simply illogical. His entire argument has fallen apart. It is lunacy. He did say that really fast. <laughs> so it's probably right. I think so. I didn't have time to think about the logic of what you're saying, so I'm going to give it to you. Oh, man. Why the fuck? This shop is a fucking wreck. It, it was a wreck before the fucking Commando Elites came in. What kid goes up to their mother and says, Mommy, I want a giant wooden replica of the Argo for Christmas. <laughs> Who wants that? This is the kind of shop where grandmas go to get the gift. It, lo- it almost looks like a hobby shop. Like, I'd expect like it to be a place that sells like models and kits and shit like that. Nope, just clown dolls and the Argo. Also, that stupid bitch Christy came in to help. Literally, all she did the entire time they were there was put a single clown doll back on a shelf. <laughs> that dumb bitch. I can understand like kids wanting a, a wooden ship that's like a foot or a foot and a half long. You know, put some pirate toys on it, sail it around. That thing is Something like... to play with in the tub. Yeah, that thing is as long as most children are tall. It's one of those shops, like, it's not for kids. It, it's very clearly for adults. No kid. They, they don't get customers. This much is clear. <laughs> yeah. They're a failing business. Stuart wants cover so that he can play with all the little Fisher Price little tykes guys. <laughs> I like the blue one. <laughs> this one's a fireman. <laughs> Stu immediately breaks the mast. After breaking it, he points to Alan and he, you know, he says, "How do you explain this?" Like he's just caught him in another really awful incident. And compared to calling in a bomb threat to his school, I think breaking the mast to the Argo is like child's play. <laughs> That's a fair point. Our dad, our dad ass thought Christy was shoplifting. I did too. Oh yeah. my god! Did, obviously, they were there a while, and I'm sure that probably came up in conversation that Alan wasn't supposed to have these toys in his dad's store. But the way she just slinked the the toy back and made it look as though she was stealing it, I, I wrote down in my notes and quickly erased it after the fact. But it it's played in a way that she's just swiping it because we have no idea if she knows or is in on. What's going on here? Well, as soon as they get outside, she hands it back to him and says, Here are your toys, loser. <laughs> as your boyfriend on the motorcycle <laughs> pulls <here>. up. <laughs> Thanks, cuck. Subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> Pay Pig. I love Pay Pig. <laughs> I know you do. I deadass thought she was just going to walk away with Archer. I thought she was just using this little loser. You bet. Played, pig boy. <laughs> Now the Archer toy is mine. I, I, I think we've seen enough of these toys that we can have an interesting conversation about what the hell you guys think these toys are charging for. Should we adjust for inflation or say 90s money? Let's talk 90s money. That's impossible for me. we got to talk inflation here. With inflation? Yeah, we got to adjust for inflation. I think in the modern day, these things are selling for 100 a piece. 
They have they have nuclear warhead chips inside them. There's no way that that would be a feasible cost. Adam, they're they're surplus chips. These are you can get surplus shit cheap. I'm gonna go ahead and say seventy bucks. Even I'm gonna undercut Drew on this one. Seventy bucks in today's era. I'm thinking like two fifty. There's no way they sell for anything less in today's money. <laughs> Adam's playing prices right rules. Sam, I'm telling you, Sam, they're literal missile chips in these. They are able to find Syrian children and murder them. <laughs> that was the original script for this movie. <laughs> the toys are called to go to the Middle East to serve their country. Hunt Via down their programming. Hunt down the children's hospital. Leave. There will be no mercy. There will be no This was a joke about the United States foreign policy, not intended to be offensive. Thanks for the disclaimer. Well, at least we get our first toy-based shenanigan about halfway through. The commando elite are lying in wait outside in the bushes, waiting to ambush the uh, the Gorgonites, any remaining Gorgonites, because we learn that they actually don't know where the Gorgonites are. They were right there, guys. We can't really criticize them too, too badly, considering they already managed to merc Troglacon. Dude is so fucking dead, he don't even know how dead he is. You know, the scene that follows as Brick Bazooka latches onto Alan's bicycle and starts getting dragged behind it while a dog chases him, it's reminiscent of, of another movie. I just can't quite put my finger on it. I think it's, ju- it's I don't think it's a ripoff, but I think it's just enough like Toy Story that you could make the argument. That's enough for me. Adam, are you satisfied with this ruling? Yeah, I, I suppose so. We can move on from here. Brick Bazooki is fucked up. Oh, this movie is plagued by a Wilhelm scream as his legs get ripped off by the bike chains. I groaned audibly when it happened. I hate the Wilhelm scream, you guys. I do too. I've seen too many George Lucas movies to know that the Wilhelm scream is just the worst fucking stock sound effect in history. (laughs) This is somewhere where we we can all agree it's not funny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not, no. The only time you can get away... We don't even need to start up a it's not funny bit for that. Is it not funny? Yes. Mm. Yes. Agreed. The only way you should use the Wilhelm scream is if it's ironic, like in a scene where it's clearly not called for, or else in a scene that, you know, is homaging some of the, you know, Lucasfilm shit or other action movies of the time. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, they use the Wilhelm scream in Toy Story too. When? Oh, really? In the scene where Buzz gets knocked out the window, they play the Wilhelm scream. Oh, no. So are you coming around, Adam? Are you joining Team Drew? I think so. Yeah. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Clear me off a space on the bench. Brick Bazooka doesn't even... His voice doesn't even sound like that. What, his George Kennedy-ass voice? He doesn't sound like he's making the Wilhelm scream. He's screaming while they played the Wilhelm scream. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's the worst part about the entire sequence there. They couldn't pick one. Do you think Burger King was pushing for the, the making the protagonist relatable by making him a, a bomb threat caller? But Sam, what happens to Brick Bazooka during this uh, very interesting co- action scene? Well, they said his legs get ripped off by the bike chains, and he's thrown to the ground. He says, uh, calls over the radio, sir, I'm uh, pretty messed up, sir. And the other uh, commando elites have to come and help uh, sticky tape his leg back on. You're expecting me to believe that Troglacon could get ganked that easily, but Brick Bazooka, a little bitch boy, is still standing. <laughs> what are you insinuating? I'm insinuating this was an inside job. Oh? 
The other Gorgonites, Stinko and Blinkus, were jealous that Tronclacon <laughs> was getting all the love. And so they pulled like a, a David and Bathsheba when, when they pulled all their forces back. So that way the Commando Elite could just all team up on Troglacon. Interesting theory. Mm. I don't think the Gorgonites would have done that to my boy Troglacon. He didn't hurt nobody. Well, if you've read the expanded universe novels as I have. <laughs> I wrote the expanded universe novels. <laughs> Adam, you're Alan Smithy? Yes. Uh, Or at least the one I wrote was called Small Soldiers, Big Words. (laughs) Sounds like an edutainment game where Chip Hazard teaches you the meaning of, like, inquisitive. It wasn't very timely because I just released it this year, nearly 25 years after the movie was released. So I don't foresee the book sales being all that great. I bought a copy. Well, thank you, brother. And I'm sure Sam will buy a copy as soon as this episode is done. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you might have factored into the budget. There's $75. <laughs> Adam, that's more expensive than Sam thinks the Commando Elite toys are. That's almost as much money as the Trump trading cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good timely reference. Well, not in a month when this goes up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but Alan Shut Up makes, makes it home after... He doesn't even notice that Brick Bazooka is trailing him. He just by going on with his day, manages to fuck up Brick Bazooka, further cementing him as Bitch of the Week. (laughs) And Alan immediately decides to call customer service for the the toy company. And it's so funny. The customer service lady, played by Sherry O'Terry, is so smiley and doesn't care about his problems. It's so funny. I'll pose a question to you guys. Is it endearing the fact that she's staying so calm amid his his nonsense and remains like uncaring throughout all of it, or is does it solidify her as another contender for bitch of the week? <laughs> I'm gonna go with bitch of the week. I found it annoying. <laughs> yeah, me too. Sorry, Sherry Terry. Alan realizes the only way to get through to him is to talk to the machine, and he just starts screaming lawsuit, lawsuit. <laughs> Surely this will get. Through I do to love them. the fact that he. <laughs> I do like the fact that he, instead of talking to a real person, he would like rather talk to a machine. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. I did enjoy that. Yeah, literally just start screaming lawsuit, lawsuit. <laughs> uh, we cut to a Globotech uh, press conference where they're covering, uh, Larry B. Benson, that is, is covering the launch of the big Gorgonite and Commando Elite toys next week. So we do confirm that they are not officially released yet, so this is just like the first ones that have been activated. Even though there are still several in commission that can rip through their own boxes. Yeah, I'm with Adam on no, this don't worry one. About it. <laughs> That's pretty silly of an oversight. Movie kinda sus. Bad movie, hundred percent bad grade. Wait a minute, why don't all the bo- all the toys just break out of their boxes? Ding! <laughs> You're telling me all these toys couldn't break out of the boxes? I've seen other toys break out of the boxes in half the time. <laughs> My army men broke out of their bucket. Quite frankly, I find it insulting to say that some toys can and can't break out of their, their compartments, their boxes. Just think about it for a second, if you will. Some toys are more privileged than others and have more opportunities to break out of the boxes. Now, as funny as that was, David Cross comes into the press conference. <laughs> Fuck you. I love you, brother. <laughs> David Cross comes into the press conference and, you know, he interrupts things because we got a big problem, guys. That's right. David Cross heard the voicemail. He's just eagerly going through all customer complaints, just being like, oh, 
darn it, you're right. I did paint Flatu's fingernails the wrong color. <laughs> what are the odds that a higher up in a company would have gotten this this voicemail within what we would probably assume to be in a matter of hours? Well, I mean, it was for a product line that doesn't hit shelves yet, so I can't imagine there are too many other complaints about the Commando Elite yet. I'm sure their phones are ringing off the hooks, though. They are now a part of the Globotech family. All the collectors asking, can I get a Omega Chip Hazard delivered to me, but can you make his cheeps kind of kind of inflated? Can you cut out a hole in the back of him? Can you make Kip Killigan wear a cute little skirt? I want Nick Nitro to have a, a suction mouth. <laughs> you gotta hand it to Larry, though. Larry is unfazed. He says, uh, one word, countersuit. Two words, <laughs> countersuit. What? One word? I... This... <laughs> This bit I did find funny. <laughs> I'm keeping my mouth shut. I think I'm liking this movie, guys. Oh no, I think I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I really like this film. <coughs> it's got toys that walk, talk. They can do anything. All I'm saying is that they put literal munitions chips into the toys. These are literally search and destroy items. You're designed for the Department of Defense. <laughs> Does that mean the Commando Elites are just going to eventually explode? <laughs> a sick reveal, too, as Larry starts recollecting exactly what happened. Do you think it would have been a better moment in the movie if we hadn't known that they put these ships in the toys up to this point? Do you think they would have added or taken anything away? Oh, that's a good question. <clears throat> I think it's necessary to make it not seem too sci-fi at the beginning. It would seem kind well, of. Well, I think th- there's kind of weird if the toys just started walking around and like no one like communicate. I-, I would think it'd be like a more magic seeming story. I guess that could be a funny reveal though. Like, haha, J.K. They're just, <laughs> just fucking war chips in the toys. Well, I mean, the fact that like we're finding out piece by piece how much uh, how capable these toys are of you know violence and shit like that, and Alan learning what Archer can do along the film's running time, like being amazed by how smart he is. You know, it seems as though it would really benefit from a twist there. You know, some of the parts between Alan and Archer actually seem like they were kind of going for that angle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, as if they didn't... I think it would have been a smarter move. I think I would have actually liked that, too. I would have liked that more, I think. If just the toys, you know, all of a sudden started getting really creepy and really smart, and then Alan's like... Uh oh, and then he honks his big red nose. Yeah, kind of like a child's play thing where you're not yeah. really sure until it happens. But then would it just be child's play? I don't know, but all I know is Joe Dante, I'm a better story writer than you are. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the you know, the scene with uh the scene with David Cross and Larry B. Benson establishes that, you know, maybe the cavalry is coming. Maybe Somebody at least knows that there are evil chips and all of these evil toys. But that cuts us, into, cuts us back to something much less interesting, which is Alan throwing a bitch fit at Archer over nothing. Yeah, what did Archer do? He signed me up for all of these OnlyFans pages on my computer. You looked up really big boobs on Google and now I have eight viruses. Gorgonite sluts? Archer! <laughs> Barack Obama feet. <laughs> but it's okay because Alan rocks out to the most angsty song ever. My City Was Gone by The Pretenders. Oh, I couldn't hear what that was. I went back to Ohio. 
that's where they live. Yeah. Yeah. How crazy. That's smart. What, what kind of... Alan does not listen to My City Was Gone by The Pretenders. He listens to, to the freaking... What does he listen to, Adam? You know music. He listens to Led Zeppelin. You know that much? <laughs> oh, yeah. There is a small subset of uh, musical fans who listen to both The Pretenders and Led Zeppelin. This is a Dead Kennedys man if i ever seen one, though. Sam, what do you think Alan's main Spotify playlist is titled? Songs to call in a bomb threat to. <laughs> Face up, face down, attack or defend. <laughs> now, you know, if he knew that Archer had a munitions chip in him, he'd probably be a little more gentle, you know, if he knew that Archer could randomly explode. I bet he would love that. Whoa, you can explode? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you should go check out my school. <laughs> Greetings, I am Archer, emissary of the... <laughs> there will be no mercy. Uh, but the 15-minute chunk ends with uh, the commando elites infiltrating Alan Shutup's house and doing some excellent mimicry that was completely lost on me because the subtitles instantly revealed that it was the commando elite impersonating the Gorgonites. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. But as they're interrogating Archer... Uh, they say, like, we have ch- ways of making you talk. I thought we had a missed opportunity for a joke where they then just pushed his, like, voice button. <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> that would have been good. Now it's time to play Could It Have Been Funny? <laughs> <laughs> but the 15-minute chunk ends with Alan coming down, saving Archer from the garbage disposal, and then shouting, Hey! at the Commando Elite. Mm-hmm. You cut that off, you big meanies. I don't appreciate the tomfoolery. So that leaves me wondering something. Drew, where do you think this movie's going to go from here? Uh, unfortunately, Sam, I, I think I have to piggyback off of your idea. I think that he's going to convince the commando elites that uh, all the dumb jocks at his school are actually Gorgonite sympathizers, and he's going <laughs> to send them into the school so that he can not finally show all those chads that they shouldn't have messed with him. that's it but then he calls it another bomb threat just to be safe (laughs) just to make sure he finished the job what do you think of alan i'm scared of him i'm actually yeah i'm actually scared of him now you cannot view him in a different light after knowing that there's something wrong with that boy that boy ain't right i tell you yeah someone was willing to call in a bomb threat to their school for the lols sky's the limit god only knows what the fuck they're capable of even beyond that, there's just something off about him. You know what? Ever since we found out, he seemed a little bit distant. He's an asshole to everybody in his life. He can barely interact with members of the opposite sex. He he arranges he arranges backroom deals for illegal toys. <laughs> He's literally Christian. <laughs> oh no! You say uh, he fell off the truck. Maybe lose the paperwork. Hmm? I'm just gonna call a tiny little bomb threat. Hmm? Sonic's arms are supposed to be brown. I thought call bomb threat to the GameStop. Archer's arrow quiver was supposed to be red. Well, I think that just about wraps up our discussion on this 15 minutes. I'm really excited for the next one now that Alan has finally met the Commando Elite and is presumably aware of them as a threat. It only took us 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, well, and just two more episodes until we get to everyone's favorite scene... What, 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 what scene is that, brother? Mm-hmm.
That was Edging on Small Soldiers. If you liked what you heard, consider giving us a follow to help our channel grow. New episodes every week until the movie's finished, and then we rinse and repeat with a brand new film. Thank you.